1: You can do things like try on the shoe from home by projecting what that shoe looks like. But to make that happen, a lot of technology needs to come together.
0: I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Espri Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014. Continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Today's We Are LA Tech podcast shout out goes to Nate Lubeck, who's building Ozobot, empowering kids to code by making Steam simple. Thank you so much for being a part of the L.A. Tech community. You are an amazing, amazing, amazing engineer. We love your support, celebration, and appreciate every last ounce of it. Hope you're having a great day, and thank you for cheering us on. Be sure to say hello to Nate on social, on LinkedIn by going to N-A-T-E, last name L-U-B-E-C-K. Tell him you found him via the We are LA Tech podcast. Join thousands of people in LA Tech on our We Are LA Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. I've been writing a book for way too long now, for over a year, and it's been really hard to get this book finished it's not hard because of writing the book it's hard about getting past my own self-limiting beliefs or procrastinations or myself and I finished my edit of the book and I'm so lucky that I have a guide um, you may be familiar an author named Tucker Max and his team are guiding me how to write the write this book so I have like the best team I feel so safe and secure in them but yet I can't get past myself with the procrastination. And so I finished the book edit, which is a huge deal. It's a huge deal that I wrote the draft and then I finished um, the draft of the edit. Like So like going through the draft another time. And then part of this journey, I'm supposed to read this book out loud to people so I could hear that it doesn't sound robotic and it sounds human. And I'm so afraid to read it because I think my book is, sorry for lack of a better word, but it's like shit. I'm like, oh my God, there's no way I wrote anything worth anything. And I'm just feeling so hard and beating up on myself. And then Rachel Espiritu, thank you so much, Rachel, in the Women in Tech and We Are Like Tech community, says that I could read my book out loud to her, no problem. And I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to ask. I was embarrassed to get together. I was embarrassed to read it out loud. But I got together with her. She came over to my house one day. And a different day, we met at a, at a lounge outside. And I read it out loud. And it wasn't so bad. And she was moved and inspired. And as I was editing, as I was reading to her at the same time, she said, wait, can you not edit so much? Because I'm so into it. I want to hear more. And I'm like, wait, What? you're into it. Like how I wrote this, this is, this is doing what I set out to do, which is, you know, to, to educate and, and to inspire and to, in you know, well equip you to accomplish. I know I'm being a little vague about what the book's about. I think I'm going to stay vague for a moment, but to, you know, to equip you with the information you need to do this thing that, that I'm writing about in the book. And she's like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. And it was so exciting to, to witness someone being so moved and find my words in this book so useful. And, um, and then I'm like, wait, maybe it's not so bad after all. And it was that moment of awareness that we're so hard on ourselves and I'm so hard on myself, often aspiring for perfection, right? Hoping that, that there's no error in anything that we do. And sometimes we just have to fall forward and just kind of have faith that we'll be caught before we land, you know, as cheesy as that sounds. Anyway, I just want to give a huge thank you to Rachel Espiritu who works with Make in LA for being my guinea pig and me reading my book out loud for the first time and um it's been a great part of my process. It's going to help me so much with editing and and just remember like when we don't think we're doing anything right, maybe we're doing a lot more right than we think. I don't I don't know. Anyway, enjoy the next episode. Just a quick note before we get started. This week's episode of the We Are LA Tech Podcast was recorded live on stage for the Women in Tech Podcast at the 2019 Wonder Women Tech Conference at the Long Beach Convention Center. Enjoy. Enjoy. The most inspiring women. I am so excited to be here with Melody Walker. Hello. Hi, how's it going? So we are at Wonder Woman Tech, such an and your grandma's here in yes. the front stand. I'm so excited hey, about that. Innovator in technology. <laughs> Okay, hello. Thank Hi, you thanks. for spending your time with I know, the I'm women in I'm so te- excited. Okay. This is awesome. So, go ahead, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. Of course. Great to be with the fellow Wonder Woman in tech out there. It's an awesome industry to be in and great to celebrate it. So, happy to be part of this. Uh, Melody Walker, I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications at Boingo Wireless. So, who is Boingo? You might know Boingo as Wi Fi and Airports. And yes, that's very much who we are, but we're so much more today. We're a total connected provider. So whether you're in airports, stadiums, convention centers, military bases, multifamily communities, we provide connectivity for mobile devices to keep right. people connected around the world. So we build Wi-Fi and cellular networks and I'm primarily on the PR and marketing side
0: so I get to tell the awesome stories of our engineers. Okay so tell me when did you start your love for technology? Like were you a kid? When did it when did that passion arise?
1: Yeah, great question. So I've listened to some of your episodes and I have to say you have interviewed some very bright minds, amazing women in technology, founders of startups and awesome innovation. And I have to say my story is very different. And I think it's an important story to tell because a career in technology doesn't mean that age 10, you had an aha moment and you founded a company at 14. My career actually started in entertainment. So I worked for the Screen Actors Guild. And I was responsible for launching iActor, which at the time was an incredibly novel product. It was an online casting database. When was this? Like oh, early two thousand, mid two thousand. But this is already
0: in your adult life, so you hadn't yeah. thought about tech
1: growing up. I mean, I liked Game Boy. Yeah, and <laughs> it
0: counts. It counts.
1: <laughs> but no, I, I really wasn't. I, I didn't think that my future career would be in tech. Right. Um, I obviously have a very different story today, so hopefully I'm not losing any of your listeners at this point in the episode. No, no, not at all, not at all. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, I'm excited because iActor is a big deal. I mean, you're talking about the early innovation of doing something the way things have been done for a long time and then starting to incorporate digital aspects. That's it, exactly. It's a big deal. Analog to digital. And so working for iActor, I
1: had to cold call reporters to get them to write about this database. And in my world, it's all about storytelling. So if you're learning how to storytell from the entertainment industry and people who are literally writing and directing the movies and TV shows that we love, it was an amazing opportunity. And looking back, it was very difficult, but I really loved my time in entertainment and kind of fast forward. I then worked in travel PR, right? Right. And then an opportunity opened up at the PR agency. I was working for the tourism board of Turks and Caicos. Yeah. And I'm writing press releases about these tropical destinations and how amazing they are. And they're like, hey, do you want to work in high-tech lasers and lithography? And I said, what? I work in tech. I've worked in entertainment. I don't do tech. Right. Um, but they convinced me. They said, you know, at the time, one of our clients at the PR agency I was at was Pop
0: Popchips. Right? And that, that was a ha- big deal too because that was all the Ashton Kutcher, yeah. like cool. Anything Ashton touched in tech would be like yeah. super cool. Yeah. The
1: Formula, if you're out there, they, <laughs> they launched that product. And so my boss, who's still a mentor today, and we can talk about the importance of mentors, but um, Emily, if you're listening, hello. She took me back and she said, look, anybody can write and do PR for potato chip. Like they're salty, they're delicious, they're awesome. Right. But who can write about, you know, Moore's Law and extreme ultraviolet lasers and lithography and chipsets in the semiconductor industry? And she's like, this is a really big opportunity for you to launch a career in tech. And right. so I said, OK, why not? So that's really the beginning of my tech career. I worked in the semiconductor industry and I did PR for highly technical um, business products that essentially were responsible for creating the chips that go into mobile devices today. Really awesome time it was when the iPhone and tablet were experiencing hockey stick growth. And, um, I got to work with some of the brightest minds in the industry and it was awesome.
0: And during that time, when you went from being like, I, I'm not in tech to deep diving into the tech world, what were some of the things you had to tell yourself to build up the confidence to say, I can do this. I can handle this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm a competitive person at heart. I played field hockey, and I think that it's really important that being comfortable with uncomfortable situations and really studying up and making sure that you have a voice at every table you're at. So, I mean, that's really my advice, and I have been in a lot of meetings where engineers are talking in code and I really don't know what that means or why the customer should care. So you can't be afraid to, you know, really ask like, is this bringing our business value? Why is it important? Because engineers are amazing. So what a lot of I do in tech and marketing PR is if you think about it as women in tech, it's like, if I'm in marketing, am I a woman in tech? Right. Well, a lot of the people you've interviewed on your show and a lot of listeners, if you have an amazing product, if you're a startup and you don't have anybody there to tell your story, Right. you are not going to get very far. And that's why I really love working on the tech and marketing side because I get to hear these stories, and then I get to really celebrate the achievements of these amazing women.
0: I'm glad you brought this up because it's something that comes up often on, on a lot of the interviews is, I'm not a woman in tech, and I'm like, what do you mean? You're, you founded a tech company. Yeah, but I don't code. And I think it's this big kind of exploration of what is it to be a woman in tech and i think for me i'm on your side that like i think how are you going to move the tech product forward if you don't have someone totally um expertise in telling the story of why this technology matters and attracting the consumer base to adopt the technology yeah that's exactly
1: right and and in today's digital world the content is king so, I don't. doesn't matter, but back in the day, if you're a B2B product, you didn't have to care about the general public and the consumer. Today, you can't be a tech company without caring about every single public, whether it's investors, whether it's employees, whether it's the communities in which you live and work. So, I think the marketing side is really important to rounding out, really, the whole tech ecosystem.
0: And, okay, so then... Somewhere between working for this super cool semiconductor industry. Fascinating. I know. You found your dream job at Boingo. Yes. Tell us about Boingo. Okay. Uh, Yes. No, I want to talk about Boingo, but
1: so... There's an in-between. There's an in-between. Okay. And it actually has to do with what we're talking on right now. These are sure microphones. Okay. So I worked for a microphone company, and I did PR for Shure, and a lot of people don't know what Sure is, but they are... The magic behind sound. So, here on this panel, um, the Super Bowl, the Beyonce performances, Broadway, everything has to have a microphone, the State of the Union address. So, the way that wireless microphones work is they go on Spectrum. So, I started working with Sure, and they were advocating for more Spectrum to power over the airwave sound. And so it was fascinating, and it was awesome, because you don't think about the complexities that go into things like the Grammys, where you're all battling for airwaves. Right. And so I started in Spectrum with sure Microphones, and then I had the opportunity to work at Boingo, and hey, they work in Spectrum because they power wireless networks, and the way they do that is over unlicensed and licensed Spectrum. So to all of our audience out there, the engineers who are working in physics, you know, if you're an engineer, you could be an engineer, you know, producing the beyond- records and concerts and it's I, I geek out over spectrum because I, I to this day I think it's amazing especially with 5g that's coming up but anyways long story short worked for sure microphones got the experience in spectrum and then had the opportunity at Boingo that's where I'm here today
0: and tell us for everybody that who doesn't know Boingo which I would be surprised because anybody that's been to an airport knows Boingo sure but, I hope and, so. it's, and you educated me that Boingo is way more than just airport wi-fi but tell us from the beginning, what is Boingo?
1: So uh, we build and manage Wi-Fi and cellular networks. So if you're on Wi-Fi right now and you're at a convention center, a lot of times that's a Boingo network. Um, We also work with the wireless carriers to essentially boost their cellular coverage indoors. So the way that cellular coverage is traditionally built outside, um, depending on who your wireless carrier is, it's hard for that signal to penetrate inside. So we are a partner to the venues and we're a partner to the carriers and essentially our job is to keep people connected. That's That's our mission, that's what we do. There's a lot of technology that goes into that. It's a really complex industry, but it's really awesome because we do things like work on military bases so these troops can FaceTime their families when they're traveling, and we do things like when you're in the airport and you have to download an extremely large file before, or me, download a movie before the plane, (laughs) you have to have the bandwidth and the capacity and the speed to be able to do that. So, Boingo's engineers make all of that happen, and I'm fortunate enough
0: to tell that story. Let's dive in just for a second because it's so important. Boingo helps families communicate to their loved ones when they're serving in the military and I think that's not something that, at least for me, doesn't come to mind right away when I think about Wi-Fi. Can you tell us, like, where does Boingo play a role yeah. in that and make that possible?
1: So, we provide the Wi-Fi for the barracks on military bases, and the way to think about that if you're not as familiar with the military um, and how the housing works, is barracks are like dorms, so the single men and women in the U.S. Marines, Army, and Air Force. And if you think about how you get Wi-Fi today, just in all of your homes, it's a broken model. You move in, you call the cable guy, they have to come in. They have to install between, you know, two and six. They end up getting a 630. You have to take it. Right. You have to work. It, it's a headache. And today's mobile era, we want instant on Wi-Fi wherever we go always. I don't have time to wait for the cable guy to install it. So if you think about the military, they're always on the move. They can be deployed from building to building, from base to base. And they can't get locked into these cable contracts because right. I might be moving somewhere in three months. And they don't have time to wait around for the cable right. guy. So we have pre-installed these Wi-Fi networks uh over sixty bases around the world. So no matter where they're at serving for our country, we keep them connected with our Wi-Fi. And as soon as they move in, they just open up the network and boom, they're on. And it's it's so rewarding to fix an unserved Uh, community that previously didn't have the type of connectivity
0: that is needed. So that's essentially how it works. And one thing, okay, so you became the director of marketing for Boingo. I want to talk about how you found this position. But the thing I want to talk about just for a second first is I had the, the opportunity, thanks to you, to see Boingo in person, like the headquarters here in L.A., and culture is a really big deal to the company. It's, you have a very inspiring office space. <laughs> yeah, I'm spoiled. Yeah, so our
1: headquarters, we have offices around the world, um, but our headquarters in Westwood, so right by UCLA in Los Angeles. And we have this beautiful penthouse office space that was designed by Gensler, a big architecture firm behind most of, one of some of the most beautiful corporate campuses around the world. And uh, when it was designed, it was really about community. And we have a saying that culture starts at the top, it lives in the middle. And it's kind of the more we can be working with each other and be pulled away from, you know, a gray, dark box of an office, the more we can accomplish. Right. Um, so, yeah, we're spoiled. And, and, you know, we have things like... Cold Brew on Tap and Kombucha and all the tech companies have to compete for talent, right? And I'll give some advice to some of the uh, folks in the room today. You know, all of those perks are amazing. But what we have found more than anything is people want to work on really awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. And they want to feel um, committed to doing something great. And I think working in telecom, especially with 5G coming out, uh, I feel... I feel so much happiness in what we're doing and it's not the cold brew on tap, although I do love that. (laughs) Um, It's working on awesome projects and I think that, yes, we have a great office space, but we also do really cool technology too.
0: And we're going to dive into 5G and you were sharing the story with me offline about the impact of 5G with women in tech. But before we get there, how did you find this incredible opportunity?
1: Oh man, Uh, or women. (laughs) I, I think I was contacted and I, w- I wasn't looking for the opportunity, to be honest. And, you know, I think throughout my career. Were you contacted serious... through LinkedIn? Yes. Does that actually work?
0: It does. If you actually open the messages and read it. It's no, like, oh. I say, does it actually work? Because so many engineers will tell me how they get all these people messaging of recruiters, yeah. messaging them on LinkedIn and they don't respond to any of them. So yeah. I guess it works. So you, yeah. that's,
1: that is very true. And we do hear that from our engineers as well. So we have to be from a recruiting standpoint strategic on where we find them. I'm in marketing. I like LinkedIn. So, uh, ditto, ditto. Yeah. So that, that's how I reached out. And I think it actually ended up like in my email inbox. Right. Um, and it was actually terrible timing. I'm like, I don't have time for an interview. I'm working on all of these projects. Right. And one thing led to it, uh, the other. And, and I ended up at Boingo. But, um, I was fortunate. But I think from, um, a, from anybody who works in tech, you should always be selling yourself. So make sure that your LinkedIn is up to date. Talk about totally. the things, things you think people don't care.
0: Post that photo. Oh, like, I just the- got a huge tech company, huge, just reached out to me to um, do perform the podcast, right, at their event. And I'm like, how did they even find me? And I saw the email. And it was the email that's a custom email I use only for Instagram. So they contacted me through my Instagram bio. 2019 people. And I learned that there's this girl, uh, Brittany, I can't think of her last name right now. She wrote a book called Influencer or Influence. And I read her book and it said, you're an idiot if you don't put your email address in your bio if you want to be hired. So I only have this specific email address in the bio because I read it in a book. And boom. Boom best practices like I crazy to it's crazy. crazy yeah yeah i mean so update the bios
1: yeah so yeah. update the bios and talk about what you're doing like a lot of times you're your biggest critic so it's like oh well i was at this networking event but i, I didn't like my outfit or i didn't like you know I-, I didn't think it was impactful for my time to be there well take a photo and post about it and say how great it was because people pay attention to the storyline of your life and what you're associating yourself with
0: so, okay, how large is Boingo?
1: Yeah, so Boingo's a publicly traded uh, company on NASDAQ. Uh, our ticker is Wi-Fi, but we're more than Wi-Fi, remember that. Uh, and we're
0: about 500 people around the globe. And when you first got hired as the director of marketing for Boingo, did, were you ready? Were you like... Uh, yes. What if they? my boss is listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you make sure that that you were like, yeah. spot on and exceeded all expectations?
1: Yeah, I mean... Early on in my career, one of my first bosses said never go into a meeting, whether it's a one-on-one with one other person that you manage or whether it's with the CEO of the company, always make your voice heard. So prepare and be able to say something interesting. Yeah. So I think, honestly, starting a new job. It's going to be a lot of... There's a big learning curve, right? Because I knew Spectrum, but all of a sudden I'm hearing these buzzwords I had never heard of, like right. edge computing. And I'm the one that has to explain it to people. Right. So it's a lot of research. It's not being afraid to take that engineer to coffee, pick their brain, and say, like, ask questions. Like, I don't understand that. Please explain it to me. Because totally. if I don't understand it, Chances are the common, you know, public won't either. But it's just a lot of research. Google is, you know, amazing, and knowing which, you know, trade magazines to read. Whether it's like a STEM magazine or for us, it's really exciting stuff like Fierce Wireless and Light Reading. And I'm sure everybody l- reads those publications. But um, getting to know the industry really well, subscribing to every newsletter, so you know what the narratives are
0: and what people care about. I think one thing that's so evident about you is you really do enjoy your job. Yeah. And I think that, you know, finding a role and a company where you feel in alignment with their mission and you really enjoy, then it makes doing research, it's not like, oh, got to do research again. It's, yeah. it, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean... It's challenging at times, right? It's not like every single day is rainbows and unicorns, but you have to see the bigger picture and work at a company where you see the bigger picture. And I know that we are doing something really awesome. We're the right place at the right time. And if you can have that perspective, it makes the, you know, per my last email type situations more tolerable. And also we have a really awesome marketing team and I learn something new every single day. We have mutual respect for each other and it's... it's it's awesome to go into the workplace every day and see the people that you genuinely enjoy working with.
0: Okay, so talk to me about 5G. Oh my I know goodness. you've been really geeked on 5G. I don't know
1: that I'm that geeked on 5G. <laughs> Who in the audience has heard of 5G? Anyone? Anyone? Okay, I see some nods. All right. So 5G is here. It's there's a lot of hype around it, of course. He raised but, his hand to in the back. Oh, oh thank you. Maybe <laughs> you guys are raising their hands for the audience out there listening on the drive time. Uh so Today we have 4G and LTE. So all the wireless carriers are launching 5G. Well, 5G isn't just a step change. So you have 4G and LTE, right? And it's awesome. But with 5G, it's going to completely transform the way we live and work. So you hear these crazy use cases like autonomous driving and smart healthcare. So if the physician is in London and you need a specific treatment in L.A., he can basically FaceTime like with no glitches to tell the other doctor how to do the surgery. And people are like, well, why do I need 5G? What is it? It's really fast speed. So everything is instant on. And it's really low latency. So some of the use cases is, does anyone in the audience like to online shop? Anyone online shop? Anyone like to online shop for (laughs) shoes? Because I like to online shop for shoes. And today, when you're shopping for shoes, what do you do? You like, okay, is the size? You look at the reviews. You look at the photos. If it's a, a great site, they might have like a 360 view of the shoe. Well, what 5G is going to do is make all of these experiences online more immersive. So, augmented reality is something I'm really excited about in the advertising space because in online shopping, because you can do things like try on the shoe from home by projecting what that shoe looks like. But to make that happen, a lot of technology needs to come together, and that's essentially what 5G does. Um, I think another use case is, so Boingo, we do connectivity in stadiums, and betting, micro-betting is becoming a reality for a lot of the professional sports teams. And so you can be in the seat at the game, and the venue's looking for more revenue opportunities, and you can bet, is LeBron James going to make that free throw? And it has—it's a—it's a micro bet, right? Because you only have a couple seconds to make that bet, and so it has to. From the moment you hit your phone to the moment it hits the network, everything has to work. And five G enables that. Has anyone been to a concert where it's like my—I have no bars, I have no connectivity, it's not working? It's because there's a lot of people in the same place at one time. So you need innovation and technology to solve for that. So five G brings. It densifies the network, so it brings more power directly to the user so we can do awesome things like upload at games, do betting at games, order concessions from your seat. So we're really excited about 5G, and really what we do at Boingo is we have to stay ahead of the innovation because our CEO said this last week is change before you have to, right? So we are changing and staying ahead of the market and leading the way, and technology, you have to do that every single day, right? So really exciting time to be at Boingo, and... I could talk about 5G all day, but maybe I'll stop there.
0: Well, (laughs) offline, you were sharing with me that there's so many opportunities for women in 5G.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. So I go to a lot of conferences, and I'm sure that I hear this on your podcast all the time, that I'm one of the only women there. And it's so funny because the other women who are there are the brightest people in the room. I'm like, you are so amazing. Like, you, we need to do more of this. And I just think that there is a big initiative in tech, yes, but also in telecom to hire more women, especially engineers. And I think the opportunity with 5G, both from a technical and a business standpoint, is very wise. So when you're looking for jobs in tech, you, at least for me, I like to follow the money. And I think if you want to work in 5G, you can follow the money because you're going to get experience that is unmatched. Um, because 5G literally will touch every single piece of technology. Nothing works without connectivity. I we're like it. We're like the pumping pipes between the application and, yeah. So. I love it. That's my okay, mind.
0: so a couple more questions. And you guys, think about a question that you have because I love integrating with the audience. And then we'll have you come up, unless you're uncomfortable, you could ask from over there, but we'll have you come up before we wrap up so you could ask your question. And as we've been saying, this is for the Women in Tech podcast. This will be aired on womenintech.fm so you can check it out. Okay. So a couple more questions is one, what's a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. What's a huge obstacle you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it in your professional life?
1: Yeah. So I did do a short stint in healthcare PR and it was an amazing opportunity. I actually worked on a marketing team that helped take a product uh, from clinical trial through FDA approval. And if you have time for lunch later, I'll tell you all about it. But it was challenging. You're working with a lot of brilliant people, but you have to manage a lot of different personalities. And healthcare is an interesting space. There's a lot of money in it, but you have to make sure you're there for the right reasons. And I just remember this product was really interesting, but I was working on the FAQs and I'm like typing and it's like, product may cause blindness. And I'm like, I take a step back. Like wait, I'm marketing a product that may cause blindness, and that's I mean, I, there's a lot of regulation in healthcare. Like, I, I understand disclosures, and and this is a wonderful product, and I mean, for the intended use case, right, right, right You're right. not supposed to enjoy no, it in insane. your eye. but that's insane. Yeah, and I had to take a step back, and I was really challenged because the opportunity was there. I I could run with it, but I was unhappy. I was working like crazy and I wasn't being fulfilled and I was missing kind of, I'm, I'm a geek at heart and I was missing my tech buddies. And so even though the opportunity was there, you have to know also when to say no. And so I had, I pivoted my career. I, I just was challenged personally and I didn't feel purpose. And I think that's really important. So I went back to,
0: uh, tech. Thank you for sharing that. What's the best piece of advice that you've gotten that's really stuck with you?
1: Yeah, so working in PR and marketing, you can have some issues management, whether it's a troll on Twitter or an upset investor. Uh, so my dad actually gave me a piece of advice a long time ago, and it stuck with me. And so when you're faced with adversity or a challenge, you can respond or you can react react is the emotional feeling of oh why is this happening to me or what am I going to do and respond is really the calm cool collected melody where I look at the situation and I handle it it's kind of like when you you're stressed out right you have this huge project how am I going to get it done and you're reacting but then you do it and you're like oh that wasn't so bad I could do this so respond or react you have a decision every single day whatever hits you respond or react and for me responding is the way to go (laughs)
0: I, I agree. And I always think like also respond with compassion and love because I think sometimes we internalize what we see online, but it really has nothing to do with us. It just. People are in their own headspace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Um, and where can people find you online to connect further?
1: Uh, well, for Boingo, got to plug Boingo, boingo.com. And all, we're at Boingo and all the social channels. I'm Melody Walker on Twitter. I'm Melody J. Walker. Um, LinkedIn, I'm Melody Walker, Director of Marketing at Boingo. You can find me there. And
0: um, yeah, drop me a line. And one last question. You guys get your questions ready. I'm going to do three questions. So uh, three audience questions, I should say. Um, What's your favorite book?
1: Okay, so I have two at the moment. That's okay. It changes daily. Uh, You know, on the business side, I'd recommend reading um, Patty McCord's um, powerful book. Oh, yes. And she was the former head of HR at Netflix, and she wrote that um, culture deck or manifesto of really how you treat people in the workplace. Like, we hire adults. We need to treat them like adults. Totally. And, you know, 1A players better than 2B players and how you work together as adults. And once they implemented that, and this is often not part of the story, but in the book, you know, that's when Netflix really started to take off. Because people felt like they were a part of something and there was mutual respect. It wasn't just eight to 5. That, and then this is not so much a book, but... Alison Roman, she is a cook and she has two cookbooks. Yeah. And my girlfriends and I are obsessed and there's two books called, um, nothing fancy and dining in and I suck at cooking, (laughs) but it's, they're called highly cookable recipes and she writes for the New York times and she has like hashtag like the stew and they become these viral recipes, but that's really the book I've been reading every single night is what recipe am I going to make tonight? And so that's a lot of fun. Um, and I saw at this conference they have a little bookstore and really awesome book. So I'd be sure to check that out.
0: OK, so who has a question? Um, so it was really great hearing about 5G. I feel it is a, a really big buzz thing right now. My little brother, is he's, just, he's geeking out about it as well. Um, and my question is along those terms. So 4G LTE is very familiar with me because that that's what all phones Particularly have right now so what had to come together for 5g to be able to launch and um, be uh, relevant in our world today
1: yeah so if you look at the wireless ecosystem collaboration is key because for 5g to work you have to have the OEMs or the phone makers Google Apple to make sure the chip 5g chips are in the phone you have to work with the wireless carriers who are powering the network Sprint Verizon AT&T T-Mobile to power the network And then you need the consumer to buy all that. So there's an entire ecosystem and they all have to work in step. And that happens over time. But I think the thing to remember with 5G is when 4G launched or LTE, uh, it's kind of build it and they will come. So today everyone's talking about 5G and that's exciting because we need it because we're all using our phones more. We all have Nest Cams and laptops and tablets and wearables and connected devices are just continuing to grow. So you have to innovate on the network side. But I think people have a lot of questions like you. So what is 5G going to do? When are we going to get it? Like, when is it real? So 4G comes out, and it took a couple years, but then you started to see applications like Lyft and Uber take off and Netflix for streaming. So those didn't exist before 4G. 4G enabled those innovations. So I think 5G right now is kind of early days. or in early innings. We're laying the groundwork. And as these networks get deployed, we'll really start to see the fruits of our labor.
0: Grandma, do you have a question for us before we wrap up? No question. She's not Grandma. even.
1: No. <laughs> if, if I was a great grandchild of hers, I would get a question, but I'm just a
0: grandchild. So. <laughs> any other questions before we wrap up? Yes. Quick question coming
1: from a technical person um, Do you have any advice for um, people that are trying to get into marketing from a very technical role, and does that ever happen? Yeah, I like mean, engineers or Oh, sure. Others. I mean, engineers make the best marketers because they know the ins and outs. I, there's a lot of different routes you can take. I mean, first of all, have the courage to try something new and maybe take like a side freelance job and start, if you're always going to like an engineering coding conference, maybe next time try to go to a marketing PR conference or go to those workshops at a conference. Like that's always good. And then also don't be afraid to reach out to someone and say, hey, like to pick your brain. I think the world we live in, we're more connected than ever before. And if you have the courage to ask someone, like I know for me, I'm more than happy to discuss Like more more so than what I just did in this podcast, I'd be happy to grab coffee or uh, take my business card and uh, help you, and also look at like girls who code or women in tech. So girls who code on the younger side, but women in tech from a professional side, they're always offering opportunities for different career paths. And I would also
0: wait to be clear. I think that's, uh, what is it? What's the website? It's W I T yeah. It's like org. Okay. So it's, it's an organization. So it's not the women in tech podcast. It's the women in tech or there's so many women in tech things, but I think they go by WIT.org I think we'll include it in the show notes.
1: I think the other th- one I wanted to mention was start li- listening to podcasts as well. I learned so much from yeah. podcasts and different paths people took. So like this, the, like uh-huh. this one right here. <laughs> Does that help?
0: Perfect. And I have one last bonus question, actually. What's your favorite tech tool?
1: Ooh, Like software, app? Uh, so the app I've been using a lot lately is called Fishbowl. Ooh, what's that? It's very techie marketing, but it's essentially a fishbowl, and you join different bowls of expertise. So I want to join copywriting, or I want to join coding, or I want to join... And it's just people talking, and it can be everything from, like, how much should I pay a freelancer for this? Right. To um, I'm going to take a poll on this branding to... Like code 101 courses they recommend yeah. to some gossip, like, should I work at this company? Should I not? But yeah, Fishbowl, I'm using a lot. We're a very Salesforce forward organization. So if you don't know Salesforce, definitely learn it because you will use it in your career, no matter what position you're in.
0: Um, and yeah. Melody, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more women in tech around the world, remember you can go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight to our Facebook page. And uh, that way you don't have to like search for it online when there's so many. And remember to say hello on social at women in tech show, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Peace out. Join thousands of people in L.A. Tech on our We Are L.A. Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com community. We're so proud of what we've created with the We Are LA Tech podcast. To be a part of our journey with us, if you'd like to donate, go to Tech.fm. That's wearelatech.fm, and you can find our donation link at the top right of the page. Thank you so much for supporting us in our journey and helping fuel us moving forward for each and every episode. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo.
1: Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty.
0: Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.